Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Talking about the Holy Spirit in a series I entitled uh, "There's More." Uh, I know it may sound like a cliche from an infomercial, uh, but I want you to know that when it comes to your spiritual walk that God has more. Never get uh, complacent, never get content with where you are in your journey, that God has more uh, for you and for you, your life. And it's going to come through the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and so I want you to open your Bibles with me. Uh, go ahead and stand to your feet. You know how we do in John chapter 16. I want you to go to St. John chapter 16, and we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit specifically on how to get more power for your problems. More power for your problems. Uh, what I love about God, and, and he has given us the Holy Spirit, is it's not um, just a for church. It's not just for church and spiritual things. Um, and so you're going to see that today, and especially even in next week as well, that the Holy Spirit wants to be a part of helping you solve problems at work, helping you solve problems in school, uh, you also got to study. Amen. Amen. Uh, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will bring back to your remembrance the things you've already learned. So there's no cheating with the Holy Spirit. You've got to read the material, and then he'll, but he will help remind you. But the Holy Spirit is more than just this thing that you experience on Sundays. Uh, and we know that here at River of Life. Chapter 16, Jesus is teaching on the Holy Spirit the entire chapter. In fact, uh, several of these chapters, but mainly chapter 16. Uh, and so as we're standing just to honor God's word, let's read a couple of verses here in chapter 16. Look at, look at verse 5. Jesus says, but now I go away to him. He's talking about his father, God, who sent me. And none of you ask me where you are going. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. So they're very sad because they've been with Jesus for three years. And now he's telling them, uh, it's time for me to leave. And so they're, they're, they're confused. They're, they're sad. Uh, and they don't understand what's happening. They thought Jesus was going to overthrow Rome and all these other things. And now they're just totally confused. But he tells them some good news here. In verse uh, 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. It is to your advantage that you are going through this season that you don't understand. Just trust me, it's going to be for your benefit. It's going to be for your benefit. Remember when he was washing the feet of Peter? Peter said, I don't understand what you're doing. I love that scripture that Jesus says back to Peter. Peter, right now you don't understand what I'm doing, but there'll come a day when you will understand what I'm doing and you will also do likewise. There are seasons in our life, and some of you are in them right now, when you don't understand why and I don't have the answers to give you. All I can tell you is that Jesus has told us right here through the scripture that there's going to be many times we go through things we don't understand, but to trust him, it will work out for our advantage because all things work together for the good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. It's to your advantage that I'm leaving, so don't be sad. For if I do not go away, the helper, someone underline that word helper, helper, someone say helper, helper. How many need some help? Those of you online, do you need some help? If you need some help, put it in the chat. I need some help. If you're here in the building, say, I need some help. 
He said, I got someone coming and he's going to be your helper. Capital H. That's a person. He's a helper. He knows right where you are. He's going to help you in your finances. I feel preaching already. He's going to help you in your health crisis. He's going to help you in this season that you don't understand. He's going to help you in your loneliness. He's going to help you in your singleness. He's going to help you in your marriage. He's going to help you in every area that you need help. Not just on church. He's there to help you in your coming in. Help you in your going out. Helping you when you understand. Helping you when you don't understand. Helping you when you got money in the bank. Helping you when you're broke is a joke. He's going to help you when everything makes sense. He's still going to help you when it's totally upside down. He's the helper. He's the helper. And that's what he's going to do. So Jesus said this is a good thing. You're sad, but it's going to be a good thing because the helper is getting ready to come to your life. And I will depart and I will send him back to you. And when he has come... This is what he's going to do. I have to get into this part next week. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they don't believe in me. Righteousness because I go to my Father and you will see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. That's just too good to not say it again. The ruler of this world is judged. Somebody need to know that the enemy's already been defeated. The enemy's already been defeated. The enemy's already been defeated. Your problem has already been solved. That problem has already been solved. Well, what do I do in the meantime? I'm glad you asked me that. I'm going to show you today. I know you're standing. The God of this world has already been judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. That's why we're going to go two weeks with this chapter. (laughs) However, when he, notice it's a he, it's not a it. The Holy Spirit's not a it. It's not all over you. He is a he. Holy Spirit is a he. Watch this. He, the spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. You don't know where to go. You need direction in your life. You need the helper. He will speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. Oh, if you don't believe God speaks right here. God speaks. God will speak. I don't know God will speak. Yeah, God right here. The Holy Spirit will speak. The Holy Spirit will speak. The Holy Spirit speaks to his children. And he speaks to us through his spirit. Right here. Jesus said this is what he's going to do. He's going to speak to you. And I love this. And this is what he tells us. He tells us the things to come. That's prophecy. That's predictive prophecy. But that's not all that he will do. There's more. Did you hear that? He will glorify me. Everything God tells you. You know it's God because it brings honor to Jesus. And lastly, for he will take of what is mine and he will declare it to you. Anything you hear being taught, being preached, I don't care if the guy's got a tuxedo on in the pulpit and he's got a very large church. Jesus said, you know that it's God and you know it's the Holy Spirit if, he, if it lines up with I myself has already taught you. The Holy Spirit does not, please hear this, the Holy Spirit will not contradict Jesus Christ. If Jesus didn't teach it, it's not God that's teaching it to you. I'm glad I came to church today. But he will take what is of mine and he will declare it to you. Okay, let's skip to the last verse and that's our verse for today. I know you're standing. You need the circulation. Verse 33. You need to underline this. You need to highlight this. This is where we're going to be all day, rest of the day. These things... I've spoken to you. Everything I just said to you, he said, I've told you this. So that in me, 
you may have peace. In me, in me. Are you in Christ? Not you believe that there is a God. No, are you in Christ? Are you in him? Is he in you? If you're in me, you will have my peace. And here it is. In this world, you will have tribulation. Underline that word tribulation because you're going to be shocked to know what that word really means. You will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for this promise today. I pray, God, that your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done today in our lives. Anoint me to preach and to speak this word, Lord, that you have given me and to the hearers today and the listeners today. I pray, God, that you prepare the hearts to listen and receive your word. I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Problems. More power for your problems. I have this on your outline, but you need to always remember this, that a spirit-filled life doesn't mean a problem-free life. (laughs) A spirit-filled life doesn't mean a problem-free life. But we've got help. The difference is we've got help. The difference is we've got help. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you have optimism or faith? Optimism, and you know, you hear people, when they deal with problems and they're going through a hard time, they say, how are you, how you dealing with it? But I'm staying positive. I've got good vibes. I stay around positive people. So I'm, I'm, I'm making it through good energy and positive vibes. As, listen, I'm an optimistic person. Please, be, being optimistic is much better than being pessimistic, you know, depressed and always that. So yeah, that's good. That's good, being optimistic. But I want you to know that optimism is good, but it's not good enough when you face some serious problems. Hear me today. I hope that you're watching this maybe online or with a friend or you're here and you may not be that deep yet. That's what this whole series is about, is to bring you deeper. I, need, I want you to know that it's okay to be optimistic. That's a very good thing to have. But you need more than being optimistic. You need faith and you need the Holy Spirit. Peter and the disciples were very optimistic, but they were more optimistic than they did have faith. When Jesus began to tell them that, hey, some bad things are getting ready to happen, Peter said, why, you're, that's not going to happen. No matter what, I'm not going to deny that I even know you. I'm not, never going to deny you, Lord. He's optimistic. Jesus said, that's optimism, that's not faith, because by the end of the night, you're going to deny that you even know me three times. Because optimism will fail when you really get up against some hard and tough problems. But, but write this down and remember this. But true faith grows through trials. Please remember that. Optimism will fade. As best as you can be positive, you're not going to be able to face some medical news, some, some emotional or financial or marriage problems with just being optimistic. You need more than just being optimistic. You need the Holy Spirit. And your faith, on the other hand, it grows even stronger through trials and tribulations. I'm going to show you that here today. Peter fell away, for instance. Let me use him. He fell away that very night. He said, I'm never going to deny you, Lord. He's optimistic, man. I mean, he is the, he is the rock, right? And on what his revelation was, Jesus was going to build the church. But that night, Jesus was arrested. He went before the Sanhedrin in the trial. Peter's outside. Y'all know the story. He's outside warming himself by the fire. Everybody's there because they're seeing this miracle worker being 
handed over to trial. They're waiting to see Jesus just supernaturally. This is the moment where he's going to overthrow Rome. But to their surprise, he was quiet as a lamb being led to the slaughter. And it threw everybody off because God sometimes will do things and allow things to happen to us that we, as I said, we'll under, we won't understand. And that's where your optimism will fail. And the servant girl looked at Peter and said, Peter, aren't you with him? And Peter, seeing what happened to Jesus, Peter said, I don't even know her. I don't even know him. And three times he denied Christ. But I love what happened. That's not the end of Peter's story. And if you have failed or you got yourself into a mess or you're in a problem right now, I want you to know that your story is not over yet. That God is not done with you yet. Don't let it in. Your story is still being written. If you've got God in you, then he's the orchestrator. He's the author. He's the beginner. He's the, one, he's, the, he's the one that begins and finishes. He's the author of our faith. And when he says it's over, it's over. No matter how bad it looks, it's not over. So Peter, Jesus restored him. Remember that? He saw him on the, on the beach and he came back to the Lord. He repented of his sins. Then what happened? Acts chapter 2. He received the Holy Spirit. Did you guys catch that? Acts chapter 2, Peter received the Holy Spirit. That's what we've been talking about. He didn't have optimism. He had, now he's got optimism, but now he's got the Holy Spirit. And when you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will give you faith and optimism in a very dark season. David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear no evil because I got not optimism. I got someone with me that's bigger than my feelings. I got somebody bigger than my feelings. And what happened to Peter? Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then watch this, Acts chapter 4, verse 8. Peter gets a second chance. He get, now he gets arrested. Now he has to come in front of the same court that his Lord was in front of. But Peter was out front with the servant girl last time. This time, he's on trial. This time, he's on trial. And they looked at Peter, and they have all the, the centurion all around Peter, and they're getting ready to hand him over to Rome. And he, Peter knows what can happen. And they look at Peter, and they say, Peter, tell us. What is going on with you? Do you know this Jesus Christ? And I love verse 8 in chapter 4. The Bible says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said unto them. I love that. Then Peter, filled with good vibes and energy and a red bull, said to them. No, no, no. He said, with the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm telling you, you need more than good vibes. This is what I'm trying to tell you. That good vibes is good. Somebody must really need to hear this today. You need more than just being spiritual. You need more than just being open to whatever. You need this Holy Spirit of God. Verse 8, Peter stood, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them with boldness, It is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but rose again on the third day, is why I'm standing here today. And a revival broke out instead of him being arrested. Hallelujah. He had more than optimism. He had faith in the Holy Spirit. When you face problems, you're going to need more than optimism. That's, my, that's the whole thing here. And when you get the Holy Spirit, and when you stay filled with the Holy Spirit, he, what he does is he gives us a new perspective for our problems. And I want to give you that today. It's in your outline. I took the word, as you can see, problems. And based on God's word, I want to give you a new perspective on how you may look at problems because you may look at problems as you know something but what do you think of when you hear problems we got a problem you may think of that movie Houston we got a problem 
And when someone says to me and my daughter, I got a problem, we look at each other and we just think of Vanilla Ice with this classic song. If you got a problem, we'll solve it. Check out my beat while my DJ revolves it. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Whatever you think of when you hear the word problem, it's probably not good. Your heart sinks. When you get a phone call back from the doctor or your teenage son or daughter is doing and living differently than you thought they would at 14, 15, 16. When you saw your teenager at 18 and 19, you thought they would be so at one place and level with the Lord, but now you see their social media and you see between the lines and you see their group of friends and you see it, but we, we sometimes don't want to face these problems either. We're try to, we try to be in denial and, and sometimes that is the worst thing that you can do. But I want you to know today that when you have the helper, hear me parent, when you have the helper with you, you can look at those problems and not be afraid. I said you can look at those problems and not be afraid. Whether there are small f- problems like having a flat tire or or a major problem, you know that if you got a problem, God's going to solve it. Hallelujah. So, whenever you have the Holy Spirit in your life, He does give you new perspective. Isn't that what Christianity is all about? When you come to church and you hear the Word, when you read the Bible in your quiet time, isn't that what He does? That's the main thing that God does, is He shifts your perspective. What does the Bible say? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Some of, some of you just need to taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste is an experience. See, seeing is a perspective. You need to have an encounter with God so we can change your perspective. I'm preaching already. Taste and see that the Lord, he is good. Taste, take him in, encounter him, experience him. Not religion, experience him. And you'll, it'll change the way you see things. It'll change the way you see your health problems. It'll change the way you see your financial problems. It'll change the way you see everything. It's not rose-colored glasses, it's Holy Spirit-colored glasses. Hallelujah. And this is how, I'm going to give it to you right here. When, I, when you think of the word problem, you may not remember all of this um, acronym, but you're going to get it as we get through. These are based on God's word, kind of broke this down. But the P in problems, I want you to think of, is the word promise. Whenever you encounter a problem, I want you to think of the word promise. The first part of that promise word is the verse that we just read to you, that I told you it may not be uh, very popular to read the first part of that verse. We always focus on the last, which I'll get to in a moment, but I want you to see that first part. Jesus himself looked at his disciples, and he looked at us, this was written to us, and he said, in this world, you will have tribulation. What's he doing? He's promising problems are going to come our way. Oh, well, Pastor Eddie, he's talking about a flat tire. Last summer, we went on vacation, and we were at, uh, got up late, and we had to get to the airport. My wife has this bad habit of wanting to get to the place, and she times it perfectly, and I hate it because she gets it right every time, so that we just get through customs, and we just basically sit down long enough to just look at each other, and then they start calling us to our zone two or zone, usually zone three. <laughs> we get the cheap tickets, and we start boarding the plane. I mean, my wife is like, or uh, uh, that gives me, a, I like to be there early. I want to be there plenty of time, especially today. You don't want to fly, but Melinda, she, and she's anointed, and I hate it, but she's right every time, every time. 
I tell her on the way to the airport, we're, we're going to miss it this time, babe. We're going to miss it. I told you we should have got there earlier. So last year, we got up, left the hotel, got in the car. We're like, here we go. It's a little late. We get going. I hear this, but I'm ignoring it. You know, I, I don't know what that is. I'm, I'm too busy for that. Because when you're busy, God will help you. So I get in the car and I'm taking off and, and uh, Miranda and Tyler, they're in a car behind us and we're flying to the airport. And all of a sudden, I start hearing, I'm on a freeway doing very fast. And, and the light comes on, it's that stupid sign. It don't even look like a tire, but it's a tire sign. And I'm going, no, but yes, we're going to be late, honey, I told you. Isn't it amazing how you can turn a first sign of a problem is blame? How many know that's true? Got to blame somebody. So that tire and Miranda and Tyler pulled next to me and they looked at me and they looked, I said, I know. I'm in a rented car right away to Tampa airport. The flat tire is happening. This is really happening. We got less than 10 minutes to get there. We're going to drop the car off. Was your car good? Yes, what? Was your experience good? Do you want to fill this out? No, but my wife has timed it perfectly. I got to get through the airport. We pull over, and Tyler's from South Carolina, thank God, because he's into NASCAR. <laughs> we changed that tire the fastest I've ever seen. My <sighs> but you know what? I, I did have this peace, overwhelming peace come over me, that even if I miss my flight, I'm going to get to be right in Jesus' name. No. <laughs> that it's going to be okay. And you know what? We got to the airport. We got through all of that. I sat down, and I heard those words that just makes a chill go down your back. When your wife says, told you so. Come on, say it together. <laughs> told you so. Come on, look at your spouse next to you and say, I know we're in church. That's for somebody today. But I want you to know whether it be a flat tire or you're dealing with a major crisis, this scripture is a promise that, yeah, problems are going to come. But the second part of that verse is also what comes to my mind. He said, but be of good courage. But be of good. I got a helper that's going to be right out alongside of you on, on whatever freeway that was in Tampa. And he's going to help change your tire. Hallelujah. Didn't think I'd fit that in there, did you, Tyler? I did. And the Holy Spirit's going to be with you. But I want you to see that word before we go further, what he really meant. He, he didn't just mean a flat tire when he said tribulation. Some of y'all think, well, Jesus is just promising, you know. No, no, no. Tribulation is a Greek word, philippusis. Yeah. This is what it means. This is what it means. When he said this word, his audience knew what he meant. It means pressure. It means oppression. It means stress, anguish, or anxiety. Oppression is where we get depression from. Anguish is where we get anxiety from. Affliction, that's illness. That's sickness. That's sickness. Oh, God ain't going to let nothing come on me. Ask Job how'd that go for him. Uh, you know, ask Paul when his, when his friend Trophimus in 2 Timothy, when he said he prayed for him to be healed, but he was not healed. But Paul had to continue his journey. Tell that to James's family when he was beheaded, but Peter was let go. I'm telling you, if you don't understand this first part of the verse, then you will get mad and be tempted to be offended at God when problems come. I want you to hear this. Jesus looked dead in the eye and said, you don't live in heaven. I love you with all of my heart, but I'm going to perplex, prepare a place that's called heaven. But in this life, you're going to have anguish. In this life, you're going to have crushing. In this life, I know it ain't happy and exciting to applaud this kind of preaching, but you got to know what we are facing in today's society. You're going to have it. You're going to have it. It's going to happen. 
So the first thing I do when I'm in a problem, I'm telling you, this is what I think of. Jesus said it's going to happen. And the reason, as I said, that it's so important that you have that, because if not, the, the enemy who accuses the brethren, he is the accuser. He will accuse God to you. He came to Eve, and what did he say? Did, he, did God really say? You see that? He will twist his word. And the first time you have a flat tire or a serious problem, he's going to say, well, I thought God was going to protect you. How many know what I'm talking about? This is what happened to the disciples. And if you have optimism, this is where you're going to fall. You're going to be like, yeah, you're right. But you've got to kick it into another gear. And that's why he said, I'm going to bring you, I'm going to give you some help. I'm going to give you some help. And the second part of that word promise when I think of, number one, it's going to come. So don't get all mad at God. It's going to happen. In fact, Job's friends all got him all confused. But uh, the second part of that verse is that Jesus said, but be of good courage. I have overcome the world. In other words, I'm going to help you get through it. I'm going to help you get through. Somebody needs to hear that right now. Yeah, it happened. Don't get hung up on why it happened, on how it happened, on this and that. You need to focus on the last part of that verse and be of good courage. Be of good. Come on, tell somebody next to you. Be of good courage. Be of good courage. Be of good courage. Jesus says, because I got this. I got this. I got this. So, P, when you think of problems, you need to think of, he promised it. He promised that's going to happen. And he also promised, if I'm in those that are in Christ, this is why you need the Holy Spirit. That's why you need Jesus. You need faith. You need more than just optimism. You need him to get you through it. Because you ain't going to hang with the crushing and the, and the oppression and, the, and the, all that other stuff without him. Move on. So, P is for promise. R is a reminder. Problems are a reminder to remind us that we need God. It's a, problems are reminders. Many times God will even allow the problems to hit our lives because they are the very things that will bring us to God. Did you hear me? Problems are a reminder. They remind us that how much we need God. Problems motivate us to change. Problems are sometimes, they are ways that God will light a fire to get us moving. Because we get too comfortable. We get complacent. I'm not saying that's why every problem you face is that way. I'm not. Again, all of these are conditional. And you wait to the end. And that's why you need the Holy Spirit who will guide you and give you the words of, of uh, what, that's why Jesus told Peter to meditate on these things and pray about these things. And God will, will tell you where does this message apply to you at. But many times they are reminders. They are reminders to motivate us. King David said this in Psalm 119. It was good for me to be afflicted for it taught me to pay attention to your laws. I love it in the New Living Translation. It says, You're a, when you afflicted me was the best thing that has ever happened to me because it taught me to focus on your ways. Woo! That's Psalm 119, baby. That's David who went through everything that you will ever encounter in this life. And he said, you know what, God? I thank you for allowing that thing to come upon me. Because it taught me in his condition, the reason why it came upon him in the first place is because he neglected his walk with the Lord. 
The Bible says one of the kings, when he began to prosper, he forgot the Lord thy God. Ahab, I think it was. And many times we don't lose God in the storm, we lose God after the storm. We don't lose God in the trial because the trial gets us praying. The trial gets us seeking. The trial gets us coming to church. The trial gets us in our word. The trial will make you worship. Some of y'all will worship like there ain't no tomorrow when you're going through a trial. I'm here to tell you, don't stop worshiping when the trial passes. Come on. But sometimes it takes us losing our money, losing our wealth, losing health, losing relationships before we learn to appreciate them. I'm just the way it is. It's life. I mean, the prodigal son, look at him. When he was young, you know, he thought he was just going to do whatever he wanted to do. He was like, give me my money, dad. I'll give my money. I'm out of here. He took off and he went and lived up his life. He was partying. He was the one buying. He was like, I'm buying everybody. But what happened? A famine came on the land. He lost everything. And the Bible says when he was in the pig pen, problem. When he was in the pig pen, he came to his senses. That's the story of my life. When I came to my senses at 25 years old, trying to do everything else on my own, and I did some good things, but I couldn't do enough. Willpower is not strong enough to break sin's power. Optimism, like I said, been saying, is not good enough to get you through the trials of life. You need the helper. I'm on an assignment this morning to stir you up in July. I know it's summer and your mind's on the barbecue. Some of y'all playing Candy Crush right now. But I'm here to tell you that you are going to need what I'm telling you right now. Please, I'm up here yelling with this suit on and I'm hot. But I'm telling you, there's going to come a day when you're going to remember. You're going to wish you remember this preacher from me, course. And you're going to have to remember what I'm telling you. You're going to need more than good vibes. You're going to need more than put that song in from Taylor Swift or whoever. You're going to need more than just talking to your friend. You're going to need more than a little shot of Heineken. You're going to need more than a little blunt, a little something, something. You're going to need more than a little hit of Oxycontin. You're going to need a little more than that relationship. You're going to need a little more than that website. You're going to need more than what your flesh can give you. You're going to need it. You're going to need it. Jesus tried to tell Peter. Peter was like, no. Jesus, you, I love you and everything, but you kind of you lost it on me. Not me. It ain't going to happen to me. It ain't going to happen to me. I'm too smart. I'm too this. I'm too that. Got the invincibility mindset. Many of us young people have. I used to have. Ain't nothing. I ain't going to be the one on drugs. I ain't going to be the one addicted. I ain't going to be the one. I can control. I can quit anytime I want. First sign that you're addicted is when you get angry when somebody confronts you. Are you still glad you came? Go ahead. You ain't got a problem. Then what happens when, when the Holy Spirit goes, hey, we need to give this up because this ain't like me. And this is going to lead to bondage. And this is going to lead to problems. This is going to lead to more problems. You're going to need this today. Oh, hallelujah. That's only two. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But David said, and and, and let me be honest with you, my problems when I look back, uh, they did lead me to Christ. And they were awful. They were awful. They were awful what I put my family through and what I put myself through and all that. But I tell you what, they led me to Christ. And I say thank you today. I say thank you, God, for every one of them that I went through.
But David said it was good for me to be afflicted because it taught me. You get in a car wreck and wreck your car, you'll pay attention. You'll put that phone away when you drive. You'll pay attention to that corner that you used to do one little hand at 45 or 50 and it's at 15 mile an hour. I got this. Sleeping at the wheel. I never understood sleeping at the wheel. What, what, what does people do? I'm just going to take a little nap before that curve. <laughs> I used to drive a truck for 17 years. Truck drivers, y'all know what I'm talking about. Right, Reese? Y'all know when you're driving the road, man, you get, you get tired on that road. It's easy to just like doze off. And, but you do it a couple times and it'll scare you to death. You won't do it again. Life is the same way. You come close to those rules that God put and those boundaries that he put that you think and I think it's just so we, so we won't have fun. No, no, it's not so that you just don't have fun because sin is fun for a season. I don't know why I'm saying all this and ain't in my notes. Some of y'all need to hear it. The Bible says sin is fun for a season. It is fun for a season. I go back into my life and before I got into the gang violence, I, we didn't even want to be a street gang. We, were, we, we did not even get into that. One of my friends' little brother got jumped by a gang and he come running down the street and crying and bleeding. I was about 16 and I said, what happened? He said, I got jumped by so-and-so. We ran down to the liquor store. There, there was like 10 of us, just friends playing basketball and we ended up fighting the street gang and chased them out of our neighborhood. A street gang. And we were like, and everybody looked at us and said, you guys ought to be, I said, well, I don't want to be, no. next thing you know, we start. we're just going to protect our neighborhood from gang violence. We don't want them thugs in here. We were the thugs. <laughs> the enemy has this weird thing to make you think like you are okay. Because he'll put somebody more messed up than you right in your neighborhood or right in your family or right in your social media. And you'll always compare yourself and say, I can handle it because I'm not like baby. I'm not like this person. That's all a trick from the enemy to say, come on a little deeper. You can handle that little shot. Come on, do two of them. Come on, come on a little longer. Come on, you can flirt a little bit. You can, now this time, just give her your number. You don't have to take the phone call. Just send, just send a little picture. Am I talking right? I know it's July and y'all's hot right now. I'm telling you, that opens the door to problems. And God will allow it to happen to bring us back to where we need to be. That is, for, that is not in my notes at all. So somebody might really need to hear it. I had a real uplifting message today. P is promise. It's going to happen. But he's going to help us get through it. Right, Nehemiah? He's going to help us get through it. He promised he's going to help us get through it. Reminders. Problems are reminders that we need Jesus. Even if it's not a disobedience thing, if you're in a problem right now, it may not be because of a sin problem. But you, it's a reminder that you need to come to Jesus. It's a reminder. He, he will use it to bring you a little closer to him. Some of y'all think this Holy Spirit thing and water baptism and becoming a member and getting on fire, that's, that's for, you know, I'm okay right here. Okay, okay. Because God is never satisfied with us when it comes to our spiritual development. He is pleased with us, but he's never satisfied. Two different things. I am pleased with both of my daughters, no matter what they do, and my grandson, before he gets here, I'm already pleased. But don't mean I'm always going to be satisfied. Man, somebody needs to hear some of this. Oh, and problems. It's opportunity. 
problems bring opportunity to see God do something great. Come on, get a hold of this today. Problems are opportunity. Come on, you need to look at your problem a little different today. Problems are opportunities. Problems are, get that in your mind when you have a problem. Okay, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to see how fast Tyler can change a tire when I was on Tampa Highway. It, 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 was, it was a test. Every, if you look at your problem, there is an opportunity there for you to see God do something great. The children of Israel, when they came out of Egypt, God brought them out of Egypt. How beautiful that was. Brought them out of slavery. Brought them out of addiction. And, and that can represent whatever hang-ups you may have is Egypt. And Pharaoh is the devil. And God brought them out of that. Everything was good. But then he brought them to the Red Sea. And Pharaoh's army was chasing them. So there was thousands of military soldiers coming from behind. And the children of Israel had nothing but the Red Sea in front of them. And they all looked to Moses. And Moses looked to God and said, this is a problem. This is a problem. I got nowhere to go. And what did God say? Quit whining. He said, what's in your hand? Moses said, it's just a staff. But God said, didn't I show you that I gave you that staff? And that's the staff that I told you I'm going to work miracles. That thing that you used to be afraid of, that part of your life that you used to hide and let nobody understand or tell nobody about that. That's the very thing that God said, I want to use that to deliver my people. If you would just trust me, stand still and see the salvation of God. Moses, put that hand out. Put that hand out, baby. I'm going to do it. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for me to show you how good and how powerful I am. Problems are opportunity. I got to go kind of fast. Cut it in half and still don't have time. Hallelujah. Opportunity. Someone say opportunity. B is blessing. Blessing always comes after the problems. I love sunsets. That's just something I'm into in long walks on the beach. I do. I love sunsets. We go to Florida. We go to vacation. Wherever we go, I always make a point to look at the sunsets. I, I just do. Uh, we go to Florida. There's this, we love going to the certain beach and there's an ice cream shop. Come on, somebody. And a coffee shop. I, I get the ice cream. Thank God is good. And I get it. And we go down and we watch the sunset. And there's all kind of people, because evidently a lot of people like sunsets. But one thing I've noticed is whenever there is a storm, after the storm, the sunsets are the most beautiful things you'll ever see. I'm telling you. It, how many know what I'm talking about? If, so I'm reminded every time I have a storm, I see a storm, and I know we got time, we're on vacation, wherever, and I can go see the sunset. I know it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be the yellows and the orange and the whatever. It's going to be beautiful. I want you to know that the blessing that God has prepared for you on the other side of this problem, somebody needs to hear this today, is so breathtaking and is so beautiful. If you would just allow God to just bring you through this problem, it is going to be beautiful on the other side. Let me just add to this. Don't allow the problems to attach itself to you as the snake. We learned this in the journey through Acts. When Paul was bitten by the serpent, he shook it off into the fire. Sometimes we can get so comfortable with our storm or our snake that's on our hand 
that we allow it to re-identify us. And we're known now by the abuse, the abandonment, the addiction, the affair, the divorce. And I want you to know that's an enemy's tool and tactic to get you to stay in the storm. But Paul shows us, don't be proud of that thing and don't, don't walk around and let it change your identity. Hi, my name is Paul and I got a snake on my hand. He put it on Instagram, I'm a snake man. No, no, no. He was like, I shook it off into the fire. I'm not going to allow that thing in the past to identify me and be my identity. I got the scar and I'll tell you about it, but I want to show you how God brought me through with my problem and I want to show you the sunset because it's going to come in your life as well. I wish I had more time on that. Hallelujah. L is lessons. Problems can help us grow. Problems will help us grow. There's lessons that God will teach us according to his word. Romans 5 tells us that we also, we glory in our suffering. Paul wrote this. He said, I glory in my suffering because I know that suffering produces endurance. And endurance, character. And character, hope. Isn't that good? You can't learn and develop those things unless you go through some problems. Your marriage and your relationship, if you notice, if you really go through something, it will strengthen that relationship if you allow it. It will strengthen that relationship. Why? Because you can't have growth and comfort at the same time. Problems are some of life's best lessons. That's all I can tell you about that. I got to go on. E is everywhere. Problems are everywhere. Problems are everywhere. The Bible says in the last days, there's going to be problems everywhere you look. He said perilous times will come. He said in Matthew that because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Problems are going to be every time you turn on the news, every time you go to Twitter, every time you open up Facebook, every time you turn around, oh, it is. And is it not just like that right now? Problems. Problems are going to always be there. They're always, they're everywhere. But the Bible tells us to keep our eyes on him. And lastly, I got to end this with M is messages. Problems sometimes are God's way that he speaks to us through the problems. Man, get a hold of this. Job 38.1. Job 38 and 39 are two of my personal favorite chapters in all of the Bible. God just speaks up and just displays his, his glorious masterpiece of his creation. But he starts off in... 38.1, and it says, Then God spoke to Job out of the storm. Out of the problems is where God will show us something about him. Hear me today. It's something in your problems, in my problem. God will show you something new about him. He'll show you something new about yourself. He'll show you something new about his power and about his grace. That's what he does. And we will learn it through the problems. What is he speaking to you right now? If you're in a problem, why don't you just bow your heads right now and you can fold your books and paper notes. We're done with that right now. I just, I want to start praying and go into a prayer time right now. But if you're in a problem, that's one of the things you can ask is, God, what are you speaking to me right now? What are you saying to me right now? Hallelujah.
Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.